Welcome everyone. Ask Rabbi Miller by Simchas Hachaim Publishing. There are two questions here. Do you feel badly about the people that are suffering? And what do you do about it? So number one, one thing has nothing to do with the other. Certainly you should commiserate their plight. And if it's possible to speak to them and to penetrate their ignorance, you should try. But one thing has nothing to do with the other. You certainly should take this lesson to heart and to utilize it. A Jew is supposed to have compartments not be confused, has to have compartments in his mind. In one compartment there's commiseration, there's sympathy. In the other compartment there is reflection and studying the lessons that are provided to him. Loudly, please. Many times we find that today avoiding doing something that they enjoy the mention. How does that fit in? Many times we find great men who avoided things that they enjoyed very much. The author of Slavoski once was served some delicatessen. And he felt in a special interest in it so he made it a principle all his life not to touch it anymore this is a matter of self-discipline and it's perfectly correct but we're not talking now about pursuing pleasure let us not deceive ourselves you are now sitting down to a chicken supper your wife has worked two hours tonight and she has made an excellent chicken supper for you so if you're going to sit down and make an exercise in abstinence, look at it, not eat, your business. We're talking about the fact that you're going to eat it up. So why should we be hypocrites and say, look, I'm going to eat it up. I'm not going to enjoy it because they're great men. <laughs> they didn't eat it. Since you're eating it, so see what you're eating and thank Akkadish Baruch for it and in the midst of the bite between one bite and another, stop and reflect, now is the time to do tuba. I'm relieved. Give a lady a chance to ask a question. Once you said that everything is a test and not a reward or a punishment, how does it reconcile with what you said now? I don't hear the question because I, when you sit down to eat a delicious supper, it's a test, not a reward. It's a test. What's the test? How will you react to this happening? It's a test. Ocean Parkway. You're walking down the street in the afternoon. Let's say if you're aristocrat. Like me, as a chance to walk down the afternoon in the street. I can walk down the street in the afternoon. And I look at the clouds. And we enjoy life. 
And we talk to our friends and we speak these things. But it's a test. The clouds are a test. Do you enjoy the clouds? The sunshine is a test. Do you enjoy it? It's a test. Do you appreciate it? Do you give thanks to our country you bought it? Do you get better because of it? And by the way, one of the forms of shuva we have to do when eating chicken is to appreciate the kindness of Kodesh Baruch who gave it to us. People think that when you eat chicken, you want to do chubit. What is he talking about this thing? Immediately they think that by Miller means that you have to think, let's say, of Shmeras Haloshim or other things. Certainly I mean that. But first and foremost, I mean that you should do chubit for not appreciating the chicken. But if you're not going to eat it, you're a big tzaddik. I'm not telling you have to eat chicken. But if you're eating it, then do chuba because otherwise you're eating without appreciation. The first chuba is gratitude. What is the answer to the China that the Gedalim should have told the Jews to forsake Europe before the Holocaust? I was in Europe before the Holocaust. I was in Europe from 1932, Tophrei Sadeh Bay to 1938, Tophrei That's as close as I could get. I left because I still had three years of care to go, but I had a lease. I couldn't utilize my sales care. I had a lease. Hitler had marched into, into Czechoslovakia already. And it was Chesha. Now, if there ever was a thing that's a perfect lie, a hundred percent lie, this is it. No Gedolim ever said that you should not go to Eretz Yisroel. It's as false as anything could be. What did Gedolim say? Gedolim said that the Zionist organization is a peril to the Jewish people. There's something else. But to go to Eretz Yisroel, they never said it, never forbade it. The fact is they went. Everybody went. Only trouble was the Zionists didn't let you go. you know that? Because the last 15 years before World War II, the Jewish agency had the sole control over admission to Eretz Yisrael. They gave certificates. And they only gave certificates to the people they wanted. They barely gave a handful to the Agudas Yisrael. And if he didn't belong to that Buddhist Israel, he got nothing. So you couldn't go to Eretz Yisrael. Nobody said you shouldn't go. The whole thing is a lie. A long time. I was in Europe, in Jabotinsky, a demigod, a loud mouth, empty fellow. Jabotinsky came along and said, evacuate all the Jews from Poland. Evacuate the Jews from Poland. Where will you go to evacuate? <laughs> it was such a responsible statement. All it did was to inflame the Poles with the ambition of getting rid of the Jews. He went and he publicized this in the Polish language. 
And the Poles were waiting for that. Poles wanted to declare that the Jews are not real citizens. So they heard this loudmouth demigod come out and say, evacuate, evacuation, evacuation. Where evacuate? Where evacuate? What's evacuate? Where should they go? They go to Erasitor and couldn't get in. The British army was there. You can only get in with a certificate. And only a trickle of certificate was given. And those were given only to the ones who were party people. The Orthodox couldn't get them. Everybody would have left had, were they able. They weren't able. They would have gone any place. I don't care if you saw it, went to America. You couldn't get any place. All the nations had strict quotas. I was in Europe then. People used all kinds of means of trying to get a visa. Any place. He just couldn't go. So the whole thing is nothing but one big shekel. Only the Mizrahi party from time to time fishes this out. Not the good ones. There are better ones among the Mizrahi, smarter ones. But the fools, the loudmouth, the irresponsible ones who drag this out and say it. But it's absolutely untrue. No Gedalim ever told Jews not to go to Arachisot. The fact, Arachisot was They went. Everybody went. The Balacha, Yeshiva people, everybody went. Went. They let him. They didn't let him go, that's all. Question. Oh, the question. Yimona says in the 6th two and a half years, there was a machlekes between Beishamai and Beishilel. It is, it is better for a man to have been created and not to have been created. And the conclusion was, better not to have been created. The Achshav Shinibro, now that he is created, Yitash Pejbimait or Yamash Pejbimait. Let him look into his deeds. Now I'll tell you how to explain this minor. If you learn Tanakh, or you look through the Dominant, you'll find many places where we express our Kodesh Bodhu gratitude for making us, for creating us. What are we grateful for? The answer is there's no question. There's no question that to be created is the great gift with the capital G. It's the great gift. You're lucky to be alive. Did I tell you about the Lomazel Mashgiach here? Ever told you about Lomazel Mashgiach here? The Lomazel Yeshivas, the Mashgiach once saw a sad boy, sad Yeshiva man. So he took him in the corner and grabbed him by the lapels. And for a half hour he spoke to him. He said, you lucky fellow. How fortunate you are. You realize how wealthy you are. Half hour. And the boy was waiting. to hear what's the good news. At the end of the half hour, Mazikir said, you are all right. <laughs> ah, foolish human being. Wandering the wealth of life. You have it only once. And people are sitting and asking, is it better not to be alive? There's nothing more insane than that. They kind of still didn't argue this point. 
We have to thank our Kodesh Baruch Every morning we thank him. We thank him. On the contrary, every morning he bore a bad It's a bad news for alive again. You thought we were finishing the whole business. Now we're alive again. Oh, no, that's not the way. That's living in darkness. It's living in foolishness. We should be happy we're alive. The mere fact of being alive is a very, 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 very great happiness. But the Shaman be still argue something else. If we were asked before we were born in the state of souls, should we be born? So they decided it's better not to risk it. That's a big risk. To be born and to waste the opportunity. Oh, it's like a man who's being offered a big loan by the president of the bank. It'll never happen. You're walking by the bank. The president runs out and grabs you and says, Come in. I like your face. I'm going to offer you a hundred thousand dollars loan, a loan without collateral, hundred thousand dollars, and it's for five years. So if you're smart, you'll say, "My friend, I love to take it, but I have to pay it back." He said, "I don't have to pay it back. I'll take it." Oh no, he said, "You have to pay it back. You have to pay interest too. I'm a gentile. I can take interest from you. I call these borrowers out of you. I call these borrowers take interest." And if he lets you live, he expects you to pay for it. You have to accomplish something. So Beishan Abishil decided, according to our minds, according to minds of human beings, it doesn't pay to accept this loan. What does our Kodesh Baruch do? He says, I'm not asking you. He says, You are created against your will. I'm not asking you for your advice. Because I know what's better. You're talking as human beings talk. According to human minds, that's the decision. That's all. But according to Aliba the Amas, Akadish Borah comes along and is patient the Abaya by, by doing what? By creating it. Because Oyvah Mechaz said, Yibana, the world was created for kindliness, and this is the greatest kindliness to be in this world. So if we were asked, we would say no. Like our forefathers. When they were offered money, they had to go out of Egypt. So I told the Lord, I said to make sure do me a favor and ask them to do you a favor to accept money. Ever hear such a thing? Where do you find in the whole Torah that I told the Lord, when he wants to command a commandment, he makes a preface, please do me a favor. Never. Here's one case where he said, do me a favor and accept money. He should have said, a yoma. And you have to do it. But he says, no. He says, do me a favor. Persuade them. The truth is, Mesha did a favor. Mesha didn't want to ask them to take money. And they didn't want to take money either. So what's his business? It's a favor to Hashem. He should command it. And so then, I thought that you brought up her new why they didn't want money. Money is a big responsibility. Money is one of the biggest causes for going wrong. You wrong You become proud. Why did he make an ego of gold? Because he had gold. If he didn't have gold, they wouldn't have made an ego. 
They didn't want it. They came out of Mitzrayim just now. They were perfect. They had witnesses. They needed them. They had Yamasu. They were full of emunah. They loved that Kodesh Baruch They were going to receive a Torah. All of a sudden, you're going to receive a Torah. All of a sudden, you're forcing up on them money. They don't want it. That Kodesh Baruch they are right from their point of view. But I know better. But please make you do it. But make you didn't want to do it. Make himself was against it. He says, please, do me a favor. They must do something. Do me a favor. They must do something. Do me a favor. Make you didn't want this later. I'm going to force money on this holy people. Please. The major went to him and said, please. He said, what could they do? They took the money. They didn't want it. But that Kodesh Baruch understood money is good. You know why? Because although you can make an eagle with the money, you can also make a mission with the gold and silver. So take the money, but use it right. Because so, the Lord forces us to live. You're born against your will. So you come in this world crying and weeping. We don't want. We want back. Oh no, that's what the said. It's like Martin Taylor. For your benefit, I'm forcing you to accept. Because I know better than you. So they kind of feel they're only arguing from a human viewpoint. How should you say, like a human, a human shouldn't accept the opportunity to be born? But that Kodesh Baruch steps in and says, I know better. And that's why we thank him, Baruch HaTo Hashem, HaMachaz Yomishomos Livgori Meisim. Question. Ground and since Hadiyoko felt scared that his creations were hurt. Now, how can we reconcile that statement with the fact that Hashem brings Corona to the world just for the sake of the food? The question is if Hakodi Boraho did not permit the angels to say songs to him that day that the Egyptians were drowning, because his handiwork was drowning. So how is it that he made him drown? That's a question, isn't it? Another way of putting your question. No, he could not. He didn't need them. They say that he could have saved the Jews by making all the Egyptians catch cold that day. <laughs> they could have catch, caught cold and remained home. He didn't have to drown them. He drowned for a purpose. And there's another question. If HaKadosh Baruch didn't permit the angels to say Shira, so why didn't Moshe say Shira? Oz Yosheh Moshe B'nai Yisrael. HaKadosh Baruch said, keep quiet. But no. There's a big difference. Who says Shira? Angels cannot get better. Angels don't get better. They're called Oimdim. They're always the same. So what do angels say Shira for? They'll rejoice that somebody's drowning. No. But Moshe B'nai Yisrael, they're in this world to get better. And Sadiqim get better when they see the Egyptians drown. Sadiqim get better when they look up and see Homan and his ten sons are fluttering in the air. Sadiqim get better, he knows that be elevated, you judge of the whole world. You know when you're elevated? When you bring the just recompense upon the arrogant one. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu does Mishpet Berishoyim, 
Then my soul blesses Hashem. Because revenge upon the evil is one of the biggest, most important principles of righteousness. Not like the wicked judges and psychiatrists and psychologists and sociologists who say, look, why avenge the dead man? He's dead already. Why kill the murderers? And so they pass a law abolishing death penalty. Man is dead already. You won't make him alive, they say, by killing the murderer. What does the Torah say? Torah says no. The blood of the dead man is crying out for revenge. Not that you hope the dead man, but if you won't take revenge of the dead man, then you have become an animal. You are ruined. For your character's sake, you have to take revenge of a dead man. That's how the Torah begins with this story. To teach us, revenge, kosher revenge, is extremely important. And that's why it says until it. Until it says, Yismach Tzadik Tichoza Nokam. That the Tzadik rejoice when he sees revenge. He omov rochas betirchas bedam rosha. He will wash his feet in the blood of the rosha. Hear that clear, Tzadik? So the Christians will say, oh, that's crude and such a harsh and such a vengeful statement. We don't do that. They only put your Jews. <laughs> they make massacres on Jews. But such a statement they wouldn't make. Statements they don't make. They said, turn the other cheek. But try to hit him in this cheek. <laughs> so, they believe in nice statements. But we believe in the truth. And the truth is that Yismach Tzadiki Chazanotah. That's why Moshe and Israel, they were getting better. So they saw revenge on the wicked. It made them grow fat with their money. Their faith in Kaddish border would reinforce a thousandfold. So if they went out of the Zion, and the Egyptians all were staying home with toothaches, they couldn't move because they were suffering. No part of this lecture may be reproduced in any form, even for personal use. The Ask Rabbi Miller podcast is published by Simchas HaChaim Publishing online at simchashachaim.com. Rabbi Miller's recorded lectures are property of Yeshiva Gedola B.C. Israel.